inside, I have seen a world that no man should see. With all due respect, I discovered that portal. It's my head, Schwartz. It's my head. You see, Maxie, it isn't just playing with dolls. Oh, my darling, it's so much more. It's playing with people. Good morning. My name is Charles. It's jolly good to be back. Welcome to Jared to Jared. On this week's episode, the Jareds will discuss the movie, Being John Malkovich, the Cube personality test, archetypes, and much, much more. Log in and ready up. What did you think of Malkovich? I love that movie. So fucked up. It had been a long time, and Dion was like, "You guys should, you guys should do a Malkovich recap." I was like, "Man, I yeah, I haven't seen that movie in a while." Yeah, it's wild. It's wild. And tell me this: Does it bother you? Is it too explained? Is like too is are the tropes in it too apparent? I was thinking today, mm-hmm. like the gender thing and stuff, like. They don't let the they don't let the audience figure it out. Like there's that scene with Cameron Diaz where she's like, you know, I'm transgender now and this and that. Like, I think the subtlety of it all, it's not like very subtle. It's all like explained to you, like where in a different way to have done all those tropes would be in a way to allow the person or the audience member to like discover them on their own. Right. Instead, it's like plainly stated like oh this is a joke on race this is a joke on gender right this right, is, right. Uh, you know take on marriage or whatever right i don't know thoughts yeah i mean that's not something that came to mind i could see that you know i could see that argument um that makes sense to me but it's, it didn't bother me you know it's not something that right, came to right, mind for right. me yeah but i see what you're saying for sure yeah yeah um it was also making me think of uh what we were talking about a few episodes ago and in the uh how we like cat why do we categorize ourselves yeah in order to like find identification and there's that good scene with cameron diaz first time she goes into malkovich and she comes out and she's like <laughs> I finally know who I am. I, I, for the first time, I like know who I am. I know. And he's like, yeah, you were John Malkovich. And like, that's totally like the manifestation of our conversation was the only time like in American society or like, uh, you know, oftentimes individuals, think they know themselves is by categorizing themselves and like uh you know i'm a musician i'm this i'm that you know i'm prince the formal artist formerly known as right right like i finally know who i am i'm a teacher blah 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 it's like you know and this is the same thing it's like well you don't know who you are you're just categorizing yourself or identifying with the you know and, uh, you know, something that's a very subjective category, right? Yeah. And even with her, the only thing I know, I finally know myself. It's like, well, you don't know yourself at all, actually. You know, yeah. you, you were John Malkovich in that moment. You weren't. 
you know right so actually this this like psychology game comes to mind that let, let's talk about Malkovich, but then let's come back to this. I want to, it's like a series of questions and visualizations that kind of show you to yourself. And it'll be fun to like ask you those questions. Let's do it. Yeah. Before the end of the pod, we'll come back to that. Um, but yeah, no, I see what you're saying. It definitely plays with like the limitations of identity. And that that's kind of the whole point, you know, which is, but like, but in this absurdist way, I mean, I always think of Charlie Kaufman, the guy who wrote it. He He's like the right. David Foster Wallace of film. He is. He is. Right. I mean, even even the main character looks like David Foster Wallace. Like, right. Right. Like something about Charlie Kaufman and DFW. There's just a lot of parallels there where they're both these kind of like postmodern absurdists. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. In, in, the, in the 90s, like they they do this like self-deprecating thing they're both like kind of hyper intellectual right right yeah yeah i don't know just just some something weird i feel like they're they're like twins or something i really like that i really like that man yeah. charlie uh, at the end of the credits and they rolled i was like of course charlie kaufman who else would have oh, yeah. this yeah. movie you know i love charlie yeah and I forgot that it was him who wrote it. And I was just like, yep, of course. Like oh, you're yeah. saying, the infinite jest, you know. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting about that, too, is like, you know, sort of themes within that that story is, is uh, or those correlations between the writer and Charlie is, uh, and, the, and the puppeteering, right? Yeah how everybody like really just accepts this absurdity you know right. in this reality the maxine immediately accepts that there is a portal calls him later is like let's exploit <laughs> it's like wait so you yeah. believed what he said you know it's on the news and all this stuff you know yeah. so it's, <laughs> yeah it's kind of magical realism in that sense right it is. It's it is. some sort of absurd reality that everyone is just agreed upon it's it's an agreed upon reality you know right right which isn't i mean that's what's cool about that style of of literature and film that kind of like magical thinking magical realism like like it comments on life as it actually is but from an absurd way like paul auster the novelist he's got this line about how uh surrealism is more real than realism because life itself is surreal like life is weird you know so right Uh, So to take like a surreal movie like that, where the whole point is that there's like this agreed upon reality that makes no sense. And that's like true of this reality, right? I mean, look at like, um, I don't know, money or something. You look at like, what's the reality of money? It's literally just paper that we're assigning like a, we're assigning a value to it, but the value isn't inherent in the paper and everyone's just like, yeah, that makes sense. Okay. And it's not even paper anymore. Now it's just like numbers on a screen and we're all just like, yeah, that's, that's cool. That's my value that like, that makes sense. And then there's all this like cultural value that gets built up around it. Like it's an empty center. Right. And that's the whole like postmodern zeitgeist is empty centeredness. Right. Right. Um, that made me think too of the of the persona or the, or the character Malkovich in the movie, right? <laughs> That's so good because he's also he's uh, so funny, it, so funny. The best, I love him so much. He's one of my yeah. favorite actors. But uh, acting itself is also a form of puppeteering, right? 
So even him himself, his entire, you know, persona or like life was based around based around playing other people. Yeah. Yeah. You know, acting in Shakespeare plays, whatever it may be, with the hunchback, etc. He's not John Malkovich. Most of his life is spent being a character actor, you know. And his madness is driven by then being puppeted by somebody who is actually a puppeteer who's really being puppeted by the Dr. Lex or whatever. Yeah, yeah. You know, who uh, forces him out and eventually takes over the vessel. So pretty interesting. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, who's the puppet master? Because the puppet master themselves is a puppet, right? It's like this infinite, infinite, the infinite string is, you know, it's not just your strings that you're seeing. It's then the puppet master strings and their puppet master. And that's God, right? And then it's like, almost like, who's who's puppeting god you know all that stuff right exactly yeah well two questions the first one is why malkovich why not anyone else you know Um, i like that yeah and then this and then the next question is why what's with this um impulse to to be somebody else i think everyone has felt that whether in the form of envy or if you're an artist writer you've you you know come up with characters you're literally doing that um catfishing on online on social media and stuff like that i mean what it what is the impulse to be someone else why where is that coming from and what does it mean right so number two i think is just goes into what i was talking about yeah, we be other people online, all this stuff, so we can find an identification. Those who do not know themselves, yeah. you know, imitate or 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 a copy, you know. So finding a persona, you know, if you're, you don't have, you know, you have a shit life, you haven't had sex in years, you know, you don't have a job, whatever, didn't go to school. While you can become somebody in a video game, in online on Twitter, you can become somebody who tells a more successful person that they suck, you know, without zero repercussion against your own personal self, you know. So it's a it's a matter of being able to, you know, say that have that feeling that his wife had shit. I can't remember what her name is. Um. Cameron Diaz where it's like I finally know who I am but it's a it's a it's a it's a jest you know it's it's a magic trick it's not who you are right way to be able to say uh boom I know who I am I'm like finally like whole I have identification right but it's a false sense exactly it's not real right yeah and that's ultimately coming from a place of fear right fear and discomfort where it's like, well, I'm uncomfortable with my own existence. So if I, if I can step into someone else's or, or over identify with, with some role or, or way of being or something like that or institution, then this is who I am now. And I don't have to confront the fact of my own insignificance or smallness. Right. Right. Or mortality. Even it's a legacy project. Right, exactly. And that's essentially what what the 
what the rich dude was trying to do at the end. Yes. Yeah, that's right. Achieve immortality by right. hopping bodies. Yeah. You can actually live forever by just continuing to hop through personas, yeah. which is pretty wild thought. So why John? Why John Malkovich? But I'm going to take back one comment. The first comment I said. Yeah. I think Charlie actually throws out the obvious to fuck with you because you think mm. like because Savannah had never seen it. So she watched it with me and I don't give away movies no matter how many people, how many, how many questions you ask me, I will not ask. <laughs> yeah. But uh, <laughs> she, when the, the Maxine character first gets introduced, uh, she's like, oh my God, he cheats on his wife, you know? And I like looked at her and she's just like, oh geez. And that's what Kaufman thinks that that's what it is. And I told her, I was like, trust me, there's more layers than just that. And by the end of it, she's just like, oh, my God, what is happening? You know? Yeah. It's like Maxine is in love with the wife only when she's in John and also now fucking him. Just like, you know, and uh, and that's what it is, is you get set up to think the obvious. It's sort of like mm -hmm. a mystery, almost a noir, you know, and then you figure out just like, wow, this is a lot more complicated a lot more layers there's a, actually a seven and a half lore you know to this movie right i like that why john why yeah, do you I think don't... john i you know what i don't know i it works you know it definitely works i think that it's perfect with john malkovich um i can't picture this movie with like i don't know being being brad pitt or something that'd be like weird you know right um, yeah it just works i don't know he's kind of a funny guy you know um i i wonder if like him and charlie kaufman are just like friends too you know and and charlie kaufman's just kind of like fucking with him you know right right it's like no i'm gonna make a movie called being john malkovich it's gonna be awesome yeah yeah people put you can't write a movie people portaling into my head john <laughs> That's so good. This uh, is my head shorts. I will bro, see the fucking court. The the chimp with childhood trauma. That shit was so Elijah, funny. dude. So good. <laughs> <laughs> so it's funny like, that his name is actually thing. Elijah from the like family. His yeah, chimp yeah. family. <laughs> his chimp parents named him Elijah. <laughs> so good. It's crazy, too, to think, like, when they're sitting there having dinner, you know, with Maxine, finally, for the first time, all three of them. Right. They're both crazy persons, you know, yeah, animals yeah. everywhere. He's talking about his puppets, and Maxine's, like, judging there, but she's the craziest one. Yeah. yeah. You know, she's the master manipulator there, wanting to, like, you know, be obsessed over. Yeah. That's, would you call Maxine, like, a toxic narcissist? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, she's a femme fatale. Right, right. Yeah. Is John Malkovich a noir? I think I think being John Malkovich is... <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> I don't know. I think it might be because we were just talking about the mysteries. You know. That's true. You know it's not a femme, fa femme fatale. Maxine's a femme fatale. It's always right. dark. There's a bunch of city scenes. That's you true. Know. It's the New York City scape, dark freaking, yeah. 
there's a mystery to unfold there at the end you know there's the evil rich old white dude you know yeah 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 man so i want to um the first time i saw this movie i was in high school and i took a philosophy class and then one of the assignments was to watch being john malkovich and then submit like a paragraph saying like nice it was about or whatever um and i have no idea what i wrote i remember just i did not i remember being confused you know yeah Um, yeah i think with more context now (laughs) it you know and being 31 rather than 17 and like you know just, just more cultural context and film context and all this stuff it's like makes way more sense you know it's like i can watch the movie and like make sense of it but it's still cool though i mean the the philosophy teacher in my high school mr kiernan cool guy um he was like one of the few teachers in in that school because i went to this catholic school that was like actually like pushing students to like think outside the box and introduce us to like some bizarre culture and stuff that's going to make us think you know yeah So, so i do have like a like a being John Malkovich does have like a spot in my heart, you know? Yeah. And uh, too bad you can't find your response back then. Just like, yeah, I mean, it was pretty, Cameron Diaz is pretty hot. But so. <laughs> yeah. Not really sure what was going on. I guess the part with like all, <laughs> all the John Malkoviches was pretty funny. But. That was funny. Like, I mean, like, you know, they're messing around with gender because one of the John Malkoviches was a girl. So, bro, the John Malkovich, he's like, in a dress lying on the piano singing. Oh, right, right. Malkovich. Malkovich. <laughs> there's like John Malkovich babies and stuff. Dude, that seems yeah, yeah. wild. Yeah. Bro, you want to hear my 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 overarching theory for being John Malkovich? Hold on. Do you have it locked in? Yeah, like I know it. It's, it's okay. It's I just it. have one side comment. Yeah, we can come back to it. Yeah. That scene, I just realized we're always seeking identification, right? Uh, just like we've been talking about, you know, master's degree, PhD, whatever the case, you know, religious, freaking Mormon, whatever. Always trying to f- identify with the South, right? Yeah. But none of us really can. It's like not a, we we really can't. We're aware of our consciousness, but we don't identify with our own consciousness. And it's funny that when he goes into the portal to his own mind, uh, when he comes out, he goes up to shorts. The first thing he says, is, "I have seen something no man should ever see." Schwartz, freaking, yeah. you know, it must be closed forever because maybe it's honestly a frightening place to be like, "Oh man, I'm like self-identifying," you know, Jared, Jerry. um right because that the space of actually identify identify going into your own head to identify as yourself as a category 
Mm. is something that no man should ever see Schwartz will see you in court you know freaking yeah yeah. it's horrifying it's horrifying maybe it's horrifying and maybe that's why we're always consistently trying to displace ourselves or disidentify see this is all a part of my my overarching theory because I found found that scene so interesting and especially that comment that he makes that I saw something no man should ever see yeah right okay so here's what I think is really going on in being John Malkovich. <laughs> right. All right. So first is narcissist. Okay. Yeah. Right. For okay. Sure. So for sure. Yeah. I mean, the very first scene is the puppet looking at himself in the mirror and then becoming upset and throwing, you know, a vase at the mirror and breaking the mirror. Right. right? Which, if you listen to my narcissist episode on becoming human, you know, where I break down the entire myth. This is exactly Days at 6 p.m. <laughs> it's it's all, <laughs> it's all about that that entire myth is about self-knowledge and seeing the self and how do you how do you integrate what you've seen and all of that and right, and breaking right. past breaking breaking to the other side of the mirror in this kind of Alice in Wonderland, you know, through the looking glass way. What's on the other side of the of the mirror, right? So the puppet sees his reflection in the mirror breaks the mirror and then sees the strings that are holding him. Right. 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 Which is, I mean, that's big, right? I mean, that that's, that's a spiritual experience, right? Oh, it's huge. It reminds me that goes back to some Freud, you know, when you first see yourself, your reflection idea to see, to see your patterns, see who you really are, be confronted with, with who you are beyond identification and beyond categories, potentially a terrifying thing, but not necessarily. Right. 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 Throughout it, there's this search for self and they're seeing themselves everywhere. And in this, just listen to the narcissist episode. (laughs) It's um, like, and subscribe, but it's um, (laughs) like the whole myth of narcissist is about like, different levels of consciousness starting with infant consciousness which is the just this state of unity and then you step into this toddler consciousness and you know so on and so forth but one of the stages of consciousness is seeing yourself reflected back to you everywhere like that's the narcissist myth is seeing yourself reflected back and that's freudian because you're projecting your own shit onto all the people around you right so in that sense quite literally you're not speaking to you know, another person, you're reacting to your own stuff that you're projecting onto that person, right? I mean, that happens very often, especially in intimate relationships. So then to break beyond that, you first need to see that that's what you're doing, that you're projecting yourself onto everything and everyone around you. And that's that scene where he goes into his own mind and then can see the ways in which everyone around him is a mirror for himself, for John Malkovich. Right. And then you either see that and you break the mirror, go through to the other side and release your projections and enter into pure consciousness and just receive people as they are. Or you continue to project or you freak out. And that was the worst thing I've ever seen, you know, which I didn't see it. Rather than using it as an invitation to move to the other side. So, so that's you're my, that's saying so you're saying that that the that the, what he should have done was accepted the pure self 
the pure narcissist, the 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 the, the, the complete entirety of self centeredness, and then he would be free. Or was it the the identification of such narcissistic tendencies that he tried jumping off the balcony? Well, it's the angle that you freaked do it out, from. you know. Yeah, it's the angle that you do it from, right? Because take like like a narcissist in in the way that we use the word, you know, in our culture now, is seeing yourself everywhere and and reveling in that, loving that, using it, whatever, all of that stuff, right? Um, but the actual myth, narcissists and narcissism are actually two different things. And the actual myth, it was, you see that projection, you see yourself everywhere, and then you move through it to the other side, to a higher level of consciousness, because we're all projecting at some level, right? I mean, everyone is a narcissist in, in one way or another, because we see ourselves at the center of our own universe. You know, everyone's John Malkovich. And then to accept it, process it, and move beyond it. That I think that's okay. Level so in the becoming human, like and subscribe. Yeah. Context. <laughs> yeah. In that perspective. Okay. In that perspective, then yes. That's what I'm saying. In that perspective. I'm not because saying that he was actually he's actually. Yeah. I like that a lot because man, we fi- you just figured it out because what he's actually what he, the room was actually doing was showing him all versions of who he was and of the self. You know, the waiter, the female, the baby, the man, the old man, the young man, the middle age, the singer. Right, every categorization of who he was and nurtured to be exactly was there, and if he actually, you know instead of freaking out and being like no i'm not going to accept who this category these categories if he were to just be like malkovich malkovich and shook all their hands you know gave them hugs and everything exactly would then become one malkovich again and the portal would close yeah exactly exactly then the then the portal would close and we just wrote john malkovich too <laughs> would he reach out to Charlie Kaufman immediately? For real, for real. I've always thought that would be it could be a really good sequel because freaking uh Cusack is in the baby the kid's mind, you know. Love Cusack. See and think about that, because like I mean, yeah, again, we're always projecting our values onto people, right? I mean, if I go into a room full of 20 people um and I talk to each one of them. I'm not fully just going to accept them as they are. I mean, you know, ideally I will, but I'm going to judge. I'm going to project my value system. I'm going to admire some and revile others, you know, and that's how I feel about someone else says way more about me than it does about that person. Right. And that's, and that's the Malkovichian, um, Malkovichian problem. Right. Right. It's also a very vulnerable place yeah. to self-identify. Right. And it's literally killing parts of yourself. So it's like self-infliction. It's uh, it's sadomasochistic behavior mm-hmm. to self-identify sometimes because like, you know, for like, uh, you know, for me, for instance, like if I were to go into the Jared, Jared Vich room, yeah, I would see 
you know, probably and stayed there, eventually identify the like cigarette smoking Jared or the like, you know, lazy on on Tuesday afternoon Jared or whatever, you know, right, sometimes right, you got to right. kill those Jareds or Malkoviches or parts of yourself. But it's mm-hmm. literally cutting away a, ver- a, a part of who you are, right? Mm-hmm. For better in the long run, but that doesn't matter, you know. Right. I say I got like, you know, gangrene in my foot. Right. It's not going to feel good to cut the foot off. And know? I don't think there is any. But if I don't out. cut it off, I'll die of disease. So, right. And I, I don't know if there's cutting out. I think there's resolution, but I don't know if there's cutting out because let's say you're in the Jaredvich room. Um, you try and cut a piece out, that piece gets angry. It's still part of you. It, it lashes back. I mean, this is like a Freudian, uh, you know, repression and then and then what you're repressing manifests in a worse worse form you know because of the repression right because of trying to cut it out so i i'm wondering the first the earlier thing you said was go into the jaredvich room go into the malkovich room and shake all their hands oh hello malkovich 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 yes malkovich you know and just vibe with all of them and then what's that experience and then is that how it dissolves you know into one right but yeah. I, but still, though, I think that there are parts in the Malkovich room, you know, <laughs> that that you would want to get rid of. And maybe that's the only way to get rid of them is by shaking hands and getting to know yourself first, right. and getting to know all of them. Exactly, so, you yeah. know, which ones aren't invited to the Malkovich, Jaredvich. Exactly. Party. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So then why? OK, that statement, you know, I've I've seen something that no man should ever see why why is it so horrifying to i mean of course in that like hyper absurdist situation where you're literally seeing your own face on on everyone's bodies i mean that's that is that is scary it's absurd you know um right. but in the sort of reading you know the the sort of becoming human-esque reading that that we're giving it um or just even psychological reading of the thing. Why? Why is that so horrifying to see the way in which we're projecting onto everything around us, to see ourselves reflected back to us? Why is that so horrifying? I think because we, I think that the the obvious answer is we repress negative parts of our persona. And uh, that's literally the process of projection, you know, especially in like the Jacques Lacanian, you know, way as we are, uh, you know, literally casting our bad selves or the bad parts of who we are, the toxic things that we do to our bodies, whatever, Mm. we'll project those feelings and thoughts onto other people, you know, so like, you know, take for example if there's like a really shitty dad or something you know and then he saw somebody a, a, a dad he was like at the store or something and he saw a dad do something shitty like his kid tripped and he didn't help him up or something then that dude goes and tries to fight that guy or something it's just like you're yeah, the fucking worst you know dad whatever you piece of shit you know right because what's harder for that individual is to look inward and be like it's exactly. it's self-criticism yeah. you know you, you it's so hard to do that to look into the mirror and be like fuck i'm a piece of shit in this area and i need to change you know it's so hard for us to self-criticize 
you know, because you feel bad. And and it hits true because that's one thing about criticism is sometimes it hurts, but sometimes you know, but sometimes it's just petty and it's not true, so it doesn't matter that much. It's like, man, that's a fucked up thing to say, but I realize that this book is badass. Right. It's when they hit the truth button. <laughs> yeah. and that that's when it hurts the most. Just like, oh man. But that's when uh you know that's looking inward and self-identifying. Well shit, every single criticism is a truth. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's duly painful to do so. So I think a lot of people just straight up avoid it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Truth can be painful. Where it's a lot easier to just be like subconsciously be like, you know, judge people for like, I don't know, smoking too much crack or something like that, you know, and like yeah. instead of being like, shit, I need to stop smoking cigs, you know. Well, that's, the, yeah, and that's the irony of our entire society, right? I mean, we're constantly uh, projecting and scapegoating others, right? I mean, ra- rather right. than address my own shortcomings you know, I'm going to try and cut out the, I'm going to project those shortcomings onto another person, a group of people, whatever, and try and cut that person or group out thinking that by eliminating them, I'm going to eliminate that shortcoming. Yeah. Within without yourself. realizing like yeah. that was within myself. Or it'll be like, man, I'm actually, I'm a really good person because of what I said at Target, you know, or because I told off that person for not tipping the barista. Just like, yeah, dude, but you literally short all your workers on their pay every month. Yeah, stuff like Like, that. Yeah, yeah. exactly. (laughs) What's that phrase? There's like a specific Freudian phrase for that. What I forget, because there's like, I think he had like a set of like nine specific phrases, like, like projection, um displacement right right that one might have been displacement where you're literally displacing your stuff onto someone else i think it was something like that right exactly Either, either way yeah and then that's the crazy thing with john malkovich is he's wants to return to like i'm back you know like going back to him being an actor and stuff is he yeah. wants to be able to control his ability to to become another person, you know, yeah. to essentially become a puppet master, just like he's being the puppet, you know, <laughs> which is control issues. Right. I mean, if 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 anyone wants to be a puppet master, it's it's fucking control issues. Right. 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 You want to control other people. You want also to- think about like the sadness of the narcissist the toxic narcissist not becoming human narcissist but like you know he's there in the street in new york like so into his art in his head and his like sadness of his life and self fuck yeah and he's so like self-absorbed and self-centered that he's like disturbing some little girl on the side of the street gets punched out by a dad you know Bro, and that's okay. And I think the movie, at least for me, and now now you're making me see some of my own truth right now. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> but watching the movie, the first okay, the first I thing have I- seen nothing. No man I should ever see Jared. <laughs> ah, the Jared bitch. I will see but- you in court. Yeah. <laughs> but the first scene was the narcissist scene, you know, puppet looks in the mirror. And then the next scene is him. What what's John Cusack's character's name? 
Ah, Schwartz. Schwartz. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Schwartz is, he's lying in bed, moping around, and then his wife, his partner is like, hey, maybe like it's time for you to go get a job. You're, you've been just kind of moping around. And then he's like, no, I need to like continue working in, in the puppet studio. And I'm like, fuck, dude, that's I saw a little bit too much myself in that. To be totally honest, I was like, oh, God, I think Ash and I have literally had those conversations <laughs> where she's like, hey, maybe you just need a job. And I'm like, I'm an artist. No, like, you don't understand. I'm a puppeteer. Stand. And then and then he's sitting on the couch watching the news and there's like a 60 foot Emily Dickinson puppet with this like right. hyper successful puppeteer and he's just like it's it's a gimmick it's just a fucking gimmick and right, I'm right. that with like I see you know hyper successful artists doing like crazy murals and stuff and I'm like that shit's a gimmick bro so. I'm watching CBS Sunday morning just like man oh fuck God. this guy with spray paint come on yeah maybe I should go get a job god damn it and maybe that'll just solve your and Lottie's problems. Yeah, exactly. If you could get a job, shorts. You're being a short. Oh, <laughs> um, but that that's a that's one thing about idle hands though, because I've been there too. Mm-hmm. And if, if, if a number of my relationships ended earlier on in my life because I was a fucking uh lifelong college student, you know, making right, twelve thousand right. dollars a year knocked up wow. style. Just like you understand, I'm gonna be a doctor one day, <laughs> which is true. But also, like, man, I use like 15 years to just live on student loans and like, bro. And that that is like study the English language, you know. I'm feeling a shift there. Being okay, I'm turning 32 in like uh, right. a little over a month, and like I feel the pressure. I feel the pressure of that. Where it's like, damn, bro, like I'm, you know. Like, I like what I'm doing. Like, I think it's fucking cool that I'm, like, creative and doing all this sure, stuff. Sure. I think it's important and, and all of that. But there's also, like, this self-criticism side that's just, like, seeing some friends getting married and buy houses, all that sort of stuff, you know? And it's like, oh, shit. Like, am I doing it right? You know? Shorting it. The, the narcissist. Yeah, it. The toxic narcissist out there. Um, no, I mean, I've been there too. And like, I've definitely shorts it out and, you know, for better or worse, I think with my music for sure, just like one relationship, I was just like, you, I literally told the girls, it's like, she didn't, she told me she didn't understand our music. I was like, I was young man, of course, (laughs) in my defense. But like broke up with her, he's just like short. She didn't understand me. You don't know who I was just like, dude, come on. You know, and and like I wasn't willing to put in the time either to be, you know, the the Emily Dickinson puppeteer, like in terms of like, you know, uh, I was willing, but I'm just saying like. I could have done and done other things. (laughs) Yeah, like a lot of my time spent, honestly. The only time Schwartz becomes a like a successful puppeteer is when he actually gets his ass to work and like you know is in John Malkovich's body, who's done a lifelong, yeah. uh, you know, of of work to get to where he was to do all that shit too, you know. So yeah, I found that interesting because apparently Schwartz actually was a genius artist and a genius puppeteer. Right. He just didn't have 
access to an audience right right? i mean early on until he goes into malkovich's body because early on he's playing on the freaking sidewalk and punched out by dad and then be just his skill level his puppetry creativity and skill level did not change the only thing that changed was now that he had the mask of a of a hollywood actor right everyone was like oh you're a genius i see it now but it, it was more it was it was that yes but it was also him finally having drive john malkovich gave him drive gave him motivation to right. go out and become a puppeteer even in like the documentary it says john had to his first <laughs> performance he's like oh, oh, the yeah it's me i really am you know yeah yeah and like he worked himself up but in shorts he wasn't willing to do that he was just like sad all the time going home to his wife like you know getting beat up on the streets and like you know i wonder that about thinking about okay my own art stuff uh man because i think this movie's a mirror at least for me it was i think that's kind of the joke of the movie too it's like the movie itself is a portal into right, right. other ways of seeing and other lives and all that but freaking like okay let's say i was just given without even trying just given i don't know this big wall to make a mural on in like downtown denver or something or downtown new york city right whatever um and not just me, I think, you know, a lot of people, it's like, probably step up to the challenge, you know, because that opportunity's there and, and it's there and it's available. And it's like, okay, you know, I think, I think people do step up if they're given the space and opportunity to do yeah. so. I mean, yeah. I saw that with my high school students where like a lot of kids who just their entire lives felt shit upon by the system, the education system. And then if you just give them some encouragement and the space to do something well and do it cool they're gonna step up and they're gonna do it you know i saw that happen a bunch so like yeah i don't know i guess i'm just thinking about like potential success and potential creativity and how that balances out with like opportunity you know and it's like well i guess you have to like create those opportunities for yourself you know first that's like half the battle because once you're there you've already succeeded kind of you know right right and it's interesting too if we think about the movie the only way he became a successful puppeteer ultimately is because he got that job being a filer which led to him meeting maxine (laughs) finding the portal going into john malkovich becoming john malkovich and then doing his puppeteering through that you know all yeah. those means but no he shorts would have never went through any of that experience if he would have just been at home like pissed off that like you know yeah. he never got an opportunity or whatever and nobody yeah like in his studio making... and like yeah. yeah yeah right damn that's crazy because i've even done like the street vendor thing you know right in right, a different right. way i mean that dude's like literally just on the corner you know i'm yeah, going to like but it's great like even in a few hours later i'm gonna go do one of the like art walks in in denver which is cool you know it should be that's cool that's cool yeah a bunch of artists tent set up and stuff but it's definitely like like on the corner hawking my shit just be like hey you should look at my stuff you know i think there's something to say about a angry right 
um, it's interesting, that whole scene. And I think there's also something to say about uh, don't do something like else. It can be a detriment to your true passion, you know, yeah. your true art, your, your life in general, you know, and then your art, anyone's art, not just you, like the royal you, can be then become muddled or toxified because it becomes right. like a top, toxic ob object in your life, you know. Yeah. Whereas, which causes this like self-wallowing freaking Schwartz on the side of the street, you know. Right. Who's so devastated he won't even have, and he doesn't realize what he has. That's another thing that pisses me off about Schwartz. Savannah brought mm. that to the attention to us. Cameron Diaz is way hotter than Maxine. Oh my God, yeah. And like, uh, yeah, she might be a little kooky, but she like wants to have a kid with him and everything. Like, right. you know, if he would take opportunities that were also in front of him, his motivation to then, you know, pr further pursue or do a freaking, you know, really cool art walk or try right. to find a producer or whatever for his puppet shows or whatever he would probably be motivated to do so if he had a kid with Lottie and freaking, you know, right. wasn't such a freaking sniveling little freaking short. Right. And his yeah. stuff is so, um, it's very self-indulgent. And and so is the work of like David Foster Wallace. So is the work of sure. Charlie Kaufman, sure. but Charlie Kaufman does it more consciously and makes fun of himself for it. But it's like, like his performance when he's like in the body of John Malkovich and the Maxine's like, show me your puppet performance. And he, and he's like, what now? Like, like with John's body. And she's like, yeah. Right. And it's the most self-indulgent pedantic shit ever. Right. He's like, right. He's like dancing around in his apartment to like piano music and like, and breaking the mirror. And it's just so like, it's like, ew, like stop. You know? right, right, and, right and then she's like oh you're a genius but that's like the tortured artist thing right that's the trope of the tortured artist is is this person who's um mentally ill and just sort of like <laughs> going crazy in public right right like oh it's so beautiful you know hold on dolly's calling me yeah sure
So here's a question. So I, I hung out with this dude the other day uh, in Denver who I just met through doing art stuff, who ha- happens to be from Long Island too. This artist guy. And, um, and, and it was interesting because like he was saying, um, he feels that the tortured artist thing is like worth the art that gets produced, you know? Um, and this dude, I don't know him well, hung out once, but seemed like a tortured artist type, you know, just sort of like, whatever, seemed like he was struggling with some stuff, but then was like, oh, it's all worth it because, you know, I get to be tortured and then it makes my art better or something like that. And I'm like, I'm like, I don't know, bro. Can't artists also just be happy, like, and stay right? I don't know. Like, like does, is it, is it a necessity for there to be pain and suffering for good art to be produced, you know? Well, and then there's the defilement of, uh, I guess that's a commentary also made in Malkovich too, is the happiness then he gets when he's successful. He's a happy duty making a lot of money, whatever the case, you know, and he's not tortured guys watching a documentary on himself and he's with Maxine and she's pregnant with his kids. So he thinks, you know, so when he was at his most successful is when he was a happy dude. And this kind of goes back to what I was saying like, wait, wait, it's, when Schwartz was in Malkovich's body having all that when, success. Yeah, when Schwartz was in Malkovich's body. Yeah. And this kind of goes back to what I was saying with, like, the tortured artist. It's kind of honestly just like a, a toxic, uh, uh, narcissistic category. Of yeah, yeah. Nobody understands me. The only thing that understands me is, is my art, and it's so good because I'm so distraught and distressed and this right. and that. When really nobody really gave a shit, like liked Schwartz's art too too much back then, right. and you know, uh, uh, and who's the artist to say how good their art is when it's you know what I'm saying? Like it's more uh, in the it's more of an expression of the South. It's not just like yeah, you know, and and the true artist, right? Actually is kind of like revolted by a lot of the pain art that they have to make. Like Dion yeah. had this one painting that I took out of the dumpster that he painted when he's breaking up <laughs> with his girlfriend from college. And, uh, and he didn't like that painting. He didn't even like looking at it, you know, and it wasn't one of his best paintings. A lot of people, you know, he didn't get like the most comments he told me on that painting, anything with his most successful paintings where people are like, man, this is beautiful. <laughs> And like, you know, paying thousands of dollars for his shit. Usually in times of his life where he was doing something good for himself, you know, and and was actually self-identified in the Dion Malkovich, the Dion Vich room, said what's up to the... (laughs) Identified the Dion shorts, kicked him out of the room. Right. And then was, you know, produced a work of art that was a cohesive self of who he was, more more right. of a cohesive self, because the toxic um narcissistic artist that nobody cares about me, this and that. Um, um they're they don't self-identify. It's it's they think they know themselves because nobody else does, but Nobody else knows them because they don't know themselves either. It's kind of like friends we've had that are like, I don't have an identification or this and that. Mm-hmm. It's like, yes, you do. You know, 
you're categorizing yourself with this sad, sad boy or sad girl or right. this or that, you know. And really, I truly believe that, like, the only way that we could be, be like, yes, this is, like, art that was could only be made through, like, some crazy, like, you know, trauma pain. It's not from some dude who, like, has a pretty nice apartment on Central and, like, says that he's sad because, you know, like, this guy that you met in Albuquerque. Um, it was like, oh, I got to be sad for my art. <laughs> it's like, you know, Dostoevsky and Russia where there was like bread lines and like their lives were literally yeah, yeah. like fucking pain, you know, and these books came out or like the grapes of wrath and shit, you know, right. it was like these freaking people breastfeeding to survive and shit. Yeah. That's not and not to say that the the people's need to discount other people's pain, but I think you get what I'm saying. I do. No, I, I entirely yeah. do. Yeah, because I think it's almost like latching. It's it, yeah, it's an identification thing. You're totally right. Where it's like, okay, Dostoevsky or something, right? Dude wrote very pained novels, right? But that's because he was in a pain situation, you know, which sucks. That's that's right, not great. Right. But but that doesn't mean that, okay, now every artist who makes something worthwhile has to be Dostoevsky and has <laughs> to be in that pain. I mean, if that dude were in a happier situation, he probably still would have made incredible art. It just would have had a different flavor. Sure, to it. sure. I mean, exactly. Yeah. You know? And any of our favorite artists... I would say the majority of them actually had like pretty favorable circumstances, you know, yeah. every, even like a tortured soul, like Carver, right? Yeah. He wrote some, some of the most beautiful shit when he was with the woman he wasn't supposed to be with, the got a divorce, was an alcoholic, you know? Yeah. But the art he was most proud of in the work I love reading the most is the work he met when he met Tess Geller, you know, his final wife, his true yeah. love of his life. And they were like, he stopped drinking and like really became clear in his mm. artistry. And like he got a professorship and started working and teaching. And they said he became a really good teacher and shit. And fuck, like, you know, Ultramarina and those those books of poetry are they're beautiful. See, yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, because when I think of like my own drawings and stuff and it's like, you know, I still have a lot to learn. There's so much growth to be had and, you know, progress to be made. But it's like when I think of like I, I draw better when I'm in a good mood, you know, right, right. when I'm just hanging out, listening to music, nothing too heavy on my mind. And I'm just hanging out it, it, and it's flowing and it feels good and it's an enjoyable hobby. And then uh, maybe take a picture of it, send it to a friend, you know, whatever. It's like, that's fun. That feels good. Right. But when it's um, when I'm feeling down and, and low on energy and confused and kind of distorted about my life and what I'm doing, you know, right. that's when. I actually don't feel that creative then. Then I just feel fucking stuck in the mud, you know? Then right, right. You know, and then it's like, even if I force myself to to pick up the pencil just so that I'm getting my practice in, it's not coming out great, you know? It, it's forced. It's not, you know, you're not flowing. It's, you right. know? So I, th I think happiness actually is probably more conducive to, for most people. I mean, there are those 
Sure. Dostoevsky, sure. Hemingway types, whoever, who are like, right. really do thrive in that shit. You know, I don't, who wants to, you know? Right. Or like a Jackson Pollock where you're literally just like uh, an alcoholic, like, you yeah, know, it's fucking bananas. Addict. You know, you're imprisoned in your, and, you know, a lot of these people that live these existences, they kill themselves, you know, or like right, it's a yeah. fucking tragedy. You know, I wouldn't, we only live once. I wouldn't want yeah. that to be my story. And it's what do we want from life, you know, because it's like, okay, like, like, would you choose, you know, okay, you, all right, you die, right? You die and then you're floating in the, in the in-between realm. And then um, whoever shows up you know god jehovah universe the goddess doesn't matter shows up and is like okay turns out reincarnation is true here's your set of options you get like three options one you're going to be this total genius artist who everyone's going to remember forever you're a freaking rock star whatever you're going to have this really wild really romanticized glamorous life but you kill yourself at the end right right indicating that you know it wasn't a it wasn't a healthy life right right Um, and then the other two options one's like uh i don't know just like maybe some true difficulty and poverty and you're waiting on bread lines but then there's a lot of like wisdom and lessons from that or something and then the last one's kind of middle of the road you're just a regular dude middle of the road um work a job get a house you have your your friends and family and right your highs aren't too high, but your lows aren't too low. You're just kind of, you're like, all right, you're cruising. You know, you have a couple of kids, whatever. Wait, like which one would you choose? You know, if you put yourself, okay. Imagine those three people, three scenarios, freaking passion, the, the, the temptations of Christ. What the hell was that movie? We watched? <laughs> hey, Jesus. Um, <laughs> that fucking, oh my God. Yeah. The last, or what yeah the last temptation last of temptation of Christ, yeah. hey, jesus come on hey we'll prophesy no way <laughs> <laughs> jesus oh. we'll talk about it calm down all right hey he's from southy judea right um, <laughs> oh, man. um if we were to go to the deathbed of all three of those scenarios right yeah the deathbed and we were to talk about the person okay so we go into room one dudes alone in his apartment in freaking you know albuquerque rhode island santa fe new mexico whatever it is right um just like some really nice like artwork around the around his house you know and like success some success freaking people love his art and he's like selling in a gallery has a lot of money you know but has to maintain this persona is is single nobody around fucking just got finished yelling at some old lady for for cutting him off in traffic freaking has been drunk for the 65th time in a row and is about to die alone and freaking, you know, his his person that he thinks likes him really doesn't like him because he doesn't really like her or him or whatever. They're not calling his freaking agents pissed and he's by himself. I will ask him, is, is, is it worth it then that, you know, 
hundred and eight hundred uh, rich white people who are in a small bubble know about you and have your their your artwork on their wall. Dude, oh my god, yeah, I have something to say about that. And then, up, but yeah, we grab this guy's hand and say, "Okay, let's go visit." I'm not gonna do three for, for times for sake of time, but let's go visit the middle dude. Yeah. Who you know had some success, whatever you know, um, uh, as just regular guy, whatever. Oh, we'll go to the breadlines guy. But fuck it, let's do three. We go to the breadline. We tell that guy come with us, freaking you know, Christmas Carol style. We go to the breadlines guy. Breadlines guy, you know, he's there, bitter. His wife died of cholera. Yeah. He, his kid his two kids died when they were younger of a starvation you know he his brother died who he loved so much you know but he's on a plane from russia to new york in the new coat to go meet with some uh stupid rich you know penguin executive that finds his his war and peace novel so exotic about the destruction of his own personal life yeah, and they want to profit off of it, and he's about to have a heart attack in the plane, you know, alone. Yeah, we get that guy, and we tell him, "All right, let's go visit ourself, our middle guy self." Go visit the middle guy self. He lives on, you know, <laughs> Denver Street or freaking Osage Kiva Road over here. You know, he's an older dude, <laughs> gray hair, just like in his in his cardigan. And uh, we go in there and he's super stoked to meet all of us, you know, the artists or whatever. And this and that. Yeah. Just, like, see pics and stuff or whatever. But <laughs> his de deathbed, we tell him, like, you're dying. You're going to die like this week of, you know, the cancer or whatever. Yeah. And this on your this is going to be your deathbed today. Is he going to want to hang out with us? Is he going to want to look at the art or whatever? He's going to mm -hmm. want to call Dalton and his wife and the people that love him. And he's going to cry and have an emotional experience, not a sad, tragic one where he lived. Right. And he's going to love these people and they're going to fucking cherish his artwork. People that matter, you know, yeah. forever. <laughs> and we're all going to say. But what about like your need to be an artist? And he says, come with me. And he takes them back. And everybody's like, man, this is a nice house. Freaking takes them back to his studio. And then in the back in his studio, he's just got a fucking a life's work of the most beautiful drawings and fucking, you know, portraits and pictures of his family and his dogs and shit and all this stuff. A fucking corpus you know, that he was able to do and some success, some shows, whatever, was able to do some she shit, you know. Yeah. But ultimately on his last day of life, he's gonna wanna he's gonna A feel fulfilled and wanna spend time with and feel loved, you know, like the back to the carver thing. To be loved, to be beloved and to feel beloved, you know, and he'd be the only scenario that would actually have that in the his final moments. So Right, right, right. See, and I guess this is almost like uh well actually man, my mind's going a bunch of different places. Let Let's me... go back to your thoughts after after scenario one. 
So, well, okay. In, in kind Malibu. of rich, dude, but like, you know, 800 white people have his paintings on his wall. Dude's yeah, like, well, my thought with that was... Psoriasis of the liver. Yeah, I'm, I'm taking I'm taking art classes at this place in Denver, which is, it's really cool. It's been, it's been good taking these classes. And um, the, the guy who teaches them, he's got a lot of success, interesting dude. He's, he's from Iraq originally. Um, and then left Iraq and studied painting in, in Florence, Italy. And, um, then was in Russia studying like the Russian school of painting, like all of, you know, interesting life. And then lands in uh, Denver opens up this art school. Good dude. So, um, he, he was, we were talking about like the marketing and business side of art and he goes, he goes, listen, what you really need to do if you want to make like a career in art, he goes, you need to get in with the rich crowd, of course. And he goes, what's really happening here is that there's people who have so much money that they need to hide that money, tax purposes, whatever. So then they just right. buy a bunch of art. So they're just hiding their money in art. And then if, you know, if they need the money or whatever, they then resell it and, you know, liquidate it, whatever. Um, but he's like, that's, that's the crowd. He's like, if you want to make good money in art, like you're saying, you cozy up to like probably not even 800. It's probably a group of freaking hundred people who just have millions of dollars, you know, maybe right. even more who just want to hide their money. And then they like kind of like art. So they're just like, okay, I guess that works, right. which is like, kind. it made me kind of sad. You know, I was like, yeah. oh. I was like, that's that's the scene. That's really lame. That's too bad. And if you're going to be an indie artist, right, going back yeah. to becoming human, smash right. that subscribe button. Freaking, yeah. um, well, then you're controlled by the mass and the populace. You know, you become a digital artist, essentially, whether you're using di digital means or not. You're yeah. reliant on a resource that is social media or your Instagram or, right. you know, your indie scene. Right. But really, your indie scene dictates what you put and how much, you know, what, what how many likes that one picture you drew right. did or whatever, you know, yeah. which come ultimately comes down to the fact that art isn't about money, right? And art isn't about pain necessarily. Art is about an expression of the self. And it's something yeah. that you want to do because you enjoy doing it, right? It's not to be like, I want this to be talk a, a toxic experience, you know? Yeah. And then like that's helping me. It's good. 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 Yeah. Me too. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> it's even like, uh, you know, it's just. Uh, and, and then what defines success? Just like, okay, so I gave up on this and I gave up on that. And I said, fuck it to this town and that town and haven't seen my family in this many years or whatever the fuck. Exactly. Cool. Like the Onassis and the, and the Barclays are going to fly me to Dallas so I could sell them, you know, three paintings for their fucking... Yeah, hundred million dollar ranch that they got yeah. through exploitative means, you know, and Dude, just and like, that's the weird thing. Uh -huh. Like right now, like I actually do see a path towards having an art career, which is like cool, you know. I mean, like going to this, uh, learning from this teacher and stuff who is himself successful, and like, dude, literally said to me, he's just like, he's like, I know the way. Like, I'll show you the way. It's like you can do it. You know, it's not right, that hard. Right. It's like. He's like, it takes time and effort, but it's like, 
he's like, it's a series of steps. He goes, I did it and I'm successful. He goes, you know, whatever, just do the steps and you'll get there, you know? Right. Right. May take a couple of years at least, but he's like, you know, you'll get there, whatever. And, um, and I was like, damn, yeah, that's like, um, the path It's literally right there. And it's the path that I've been trying to, uh, you know, materialize for myself in the past like few years you know where it's like oh shit here's some guidance here's some actual guidance to do the thing that i thought i wanted to do and now that i'm being presented with it i'm like well yeah but you know there's all of these other polls of just like well you know i don't i want to be closer to family i want to you know um have a healthy balance where i'm you know maybe making some more regular money just doing a normal job right, and, then, right. and then that frees up you know energy and and some you know at least energy to to make art and just do it for fun rather than as this like stressful you know career driven thing you know or even be able to do it at all like i'm sure there's times recently even with you know whatever that you, like you said you don't even want to draw just like shit right. like being in a bad place or like making like belly decisions or whatever have actually made me not want to create you yeah. know whereas like you know if you had were able to conquer other things in your life whatever while well, that would unlock your art even more so one yeah. would argue you know so. right and it's like and also uh appreciating that it's like what is art really well it's connection right it's a way of speaking with one another and it's like you know you have you have like a bunch of my art pieces a couple of my friends who just got married in idaho they have a couple of my art pieces of you know a couple of friends on the east coast who have a couple of pieces and it's like that feels good i'm like oh wow these people that i care about and who care about me it's like they're you know they're honoring the the stuff i'm trying to do it's it's not about you know this random ass person and i have sold it i sold the drink right. for a thousand bucks once it felt really good yeah yeah twice and it's like cool you know who cares i mean whatever and you did that though and a time where you were like okay i'm not gonna like live this like categorized freaking i must live on this side of the albuquerque and i must not be single for this long and complain about these things and in order to find be a successful artist right yeah you ended up making more like the most money you've ever made from a show when you like moved in with a girl gave love a chance and freaking were like in a different town and like Mm. working and you know, and I'm not I'm not saying like causation is correlation. I'm just saying you right. were in a good spot in your brain. Listen to the episodes, Jared to Jared, right? The earlier ones like, you know, it's not like right. your most successful financial part of your artistic life came when you were in the dumps, when you were at your lowest. It actually right. came when you were, you know, making moves positively. Right, right, you know? right and and whatever the future may hold it's it's those were the that those are the feelings in the moment right you know so that's cool i like that man life it's hard to hard to figure out what to do with this thing you know i know i know same here hey man I'm I'm in a constant state of just like you know what happened why yeah how would i get (laughs) and then also like appreciating to like 
Right. You know, the other day I met my dad for lunch. I was had office hours and like I was explaining to him my day and I was just like, listen, like because now I have my recliner, my full recliner, lazy boy in my office. <laughs> I have a little mini fridge I got at Walmart, snacks and other butters, a coffee machine. I got IT to give me a new <laughs> computer. They don't give anybody a new computer with two monitors yeah and uh a blue i went and got a bluetooth like i literally almost went to sleep watching the league in my office for office hours <laughs> like <laughs> and then i was like well i'm gonna go for a walk went for like three walks so beautiful there and yeah. then like met my dad for lunch and then went and taught for an hour and 15 minutes and that was the end of my day <laughs> yeah it's awesome you know but then there's other times where i'm like what did i do like what this is the worst i have student debt i don't get paid enough my students emailing me freaking bosses are jerks whatever this is game of thrones what's happening you know all the faculty are losing it well just like you know and uh my dad some old man wisdom was just like listen he literally told me after i explained my day he's like remember times like this when you're you know complaining about times like that right so. Yeah. And that's the thing, right? I mean, cause I, I think it's more about internal mindset or whatever internal circumstances than it is about external circumstances, because like, no matter how we set up our external circumstances, we're going to have our dissatisfactions, our things we complain about sadness, whatever. Um, and it's never going to be perfect, you know, ever. So to right. try and insulate ourselves against pain essentially by like trying to create this perfect life it's just not going to happen i mean you look at like malkovich even when he he has all that success schwartz does in malkovich's body right right but even that the success is very fickle right he has this wild success but the whole time he's still just oh vaccine is this good enough do you love me? right right, right and right. then and then he ends up losing all of it because it, it was fickle it wasn't it wasn't right. enough it was it was yeah. cheap you know as as glamorous as it was it was cheap you know yeah and it's like what so so our our goal like me as a i'll, I'll like separate me from academia like as a writer right i like to yeah. write novels you know <laughs> try to whatever you know is the goal then to be this hollowed fucking john malkovich being john malkovich where we're a different person and performing on the the emmy stage you know or whatever selling books for penguin or whatever but you're really just a performer you're constantly a puppet of, of this new categorization which is fleeting and you could just lose it all anyways you know and everything's got its exchange rate, right? I mean, I mean, that's a weird thing now. I'm, I feel like I'm realizing that's like every single thing, just by the because of the nature of the society we live in, is kind of slimy. You know, it's like okay, you can become a professional artist, right? Really, really romantic and beautiful, um, but it turns out that you're just this like glorified object for rich people to hide their money with. Like, right, what? right, that sucks. exactly. Yeah. Or okay, you know, academic stuff. It's like um also really really honorable endeavor you know it's like you're you're pushing thought you're writing a lot all this great stuff teaching kids really wonderful and then but then there's all the just like really dumb i don't know hierarchies within the within the department and in fighting and people just like 
henpecking because their their egos are too big or they're insecure about their number of books they published or whatever you know it's like i, I think there's right. just a level of kind of sliminess that enters all all realms as as being a human and and to accept that and live with that and be okay with it you know well then i think that therein lies the importance of of going to the jaredvich room and being like <laughs> what do i want you know i want to i want to introduce myself to the jared bitch that is like making this room the best you know and i want to like identify mm. with all the best parts of myself and find right. happiness you know is is gonna make you happy like you know you know never working again and like you know being able to be like in a year or in six months or in six years or nine years, whatever, it'll make it that much sweeter to be like, I'm a rich man now because I didn't work, you know, and I did it on my art. Like I'm a true artist because I'm rich now because I just will right? or like, but then the truth of that scenario is, well, you just, you know, somebody discovered you and you now you became a pawn of 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 you're essentially a money launderer for like eight rich families yeah. in texas and in california and, and in santa fe <laughs> was a lifelong of that and then now what you're you're allowed to not live that life anymore and you can go get a, a dope house in las campanas and get married and like have a relationship and like well then what happened to your art what's it's going to turn it if that's all you categorize mm -hmm. yourself as then what the hell what are you going to create now then right it's yeah. it's sort of like this all shat like this it's honestly like uh like a like a capitalism i hate bringing up capital just like you said yeah, it's so grimy, but it's like a mindset a theory of that right of like if i suffer enough and keep the categorical persona of the sh of the yeah. nobody understands me i get punched on the side of the street shorts artist yeah, I'll you break know. through. I'll break through. I'll break through. Point. Right, right, right. And it's when, like when really you're you're actually like just like we we're saying a couple weeks ago or last cost, week, you know? like the enlightened when you finally find nirvana or enlightenment. Well, you're actually have found the most categorized, you know, objectified version of a self that anyone can ever find <laughs> like you're not free you're actually the most imprisoned person on the planet earth if you actually think you've like found nirvana through a religion Damn. organized religion you know what i mean so if you think like the only way to true art is through like ex exploitation of the south then you're like true well you're actually becoming the most categorized person and like to the system you're person, in the gilded cage artist then. that there is you're essentially you're no better than ai you know at yeah. that point oh god damn wow yeah crazy oh, man all right i think that's it all right it's time I'm that's gonna... it <laughs> <laughs> what do you want to do i mentioned the like psychology questions earlier you want to do them let's do it they're cool all right, it's uh, it it takes ten minutes, and like, um, 
whether it's on or off the record, I'll leave that up to you. They're cool questions, but all right. The, all right. So it's kind of a visualization exercise. So you can either close your eyes, keep them open, whatever you're comfortable with. All right. So picture yourself just standing in a vast open space. Maybe it's a desert. Maybe it's just an open field. But, you know, you can see out to the horizon, just an open space. So the first thing, the first addition to this open space that you see is a cube. Okay. Now, feel into the cube, like really, really get into it. What's what's the cube look like? It, what's its size? It's its color. It's its material. All that. Can you describe the cube to me? Uh large cube. Uh floating in the middle of a uh, top of a sand dune, transparent. Interesting. A little bit clear, almost glass with a weird like almost vapored material that you can put your hands into like a like a like a like a light from a digital computer or something like that like a digitized yeah and you um is it far away from you or is it pretty close to you it'd probably take me about five to seven minutes to walk to it to touch it okay and it's uh it's like big enough that you could like walk inside it like that big or or what kind of big yeah, for sure for sure okay cool. probably could fit like a small volkswagen inside wow okay all right nice nice all right so the next question all right now there's a ladder where are you seeing the ladder in relation to the cube the ladder protrudes on the right side uh lays perpendicular to the cube and connects to the top of it which is certainly slanted which you have to get inside from the top wait top i'm kind latch. of confused. wait so the so the ladder is like in the cube the ladder's on the like attached to the side of the cube and slides down into the sand at white okay. sands and then you have to climb up that ladder and you to have get to get in, get into a latch at the top of the cube. Yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. All right. So the next question is, there's a horse. What okay. kind of horse are you seeing? What's it look like? What's, what's the vibe of the horse? Is it wearing anything? And where is it in relation to the cube? Uh, rather far away, though I could clearly see the horse's face. The horse is all red, large blue eyes, black mane flowing in the wind, and it's wildly racing towards the cube with red and black clouds surrounding it, which is cutting off the blue sky. Whoa. Holy shit. <laughs> That's cool. All right. Um... And you're kind of tapping into the the next question, actually, because the next part is there's a storm. Or actually, no, I'm, I'm sorry. It's do you see a storm, which apparently you do. I and do. Where is the storm? Is it on the horizon? Is it right above you? Is it already storming? Is it is it a storm that's about to come or what's what's going on with the storm? I can see the storm from far away, so it'd probably at least be like an hour or two away. Yeah, it's in the distance. 
it's in the distance, but you can see it with the horse. It's on its way. Whoa. Man, this is going to be wild when I, when I tell you what all this means. <laughs> so then, all right. So the last part is flowers or, or a flower. What, what, what do you see? Just, just what comes to mind when I say flower? Potentially. Uh, I saw a flower bed and just shortly to the right of the cube on the, okay. on the slant of the side dune. Okay. A lot of flowers, few flowers, a large bed of flowers for sure. Okay. I'm covering the entire side of the sand dune. Nice. And whoa, that's crazy. And what's like the, well, what's the color of the flowers? Are they roses, daisies? Uh, I don't know what type, but I would say like white and purple and blue. The ones okay. that have like those streaks of blue and purple, but all of them are pretty much white. And what's the feeling around the flowers? The feeling is uh, serene. I see some bees. Nice. Okay. All right. So here's what's going on. So the, 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 uh, the cube is your sense of self okay yeah so what comes up when i say that do you think the do you think that speaks to your sense of self at all so i see myself as a <laughs> the cube is the, is the larger jared than life <laughs> yeah there you go the jared bitch yeah okay okay this big big cube on top of the dune right all right floating above the dune yeah all right and then the next a little bit frightening. A little bit frightening? Yeah, foundation style. Okay. I mean, it's like uh, sublime, the cube. Mm, interesting. That's really interesting. Like, I feel... All right, so I'm just going to say what's what what's coming up in my interpretation, but it sounds like... It okay. sounds... Yeah, it sounds like a... a, a a fear maybe or unwillingness to go, you know, the, the, uh, Jared Vich realm, you know, it's like, there's something no man should ever see that. Right. I mean, there's right, something right. sort of like, I don't want to get too close to that, that cube, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. All the, however, then so what's the significance of the ladder? The ladder is friends, friendship, how you relate to, to your people. So the um, ladder's attached, directly attached to the cube. Yeah. So accessible. one reading of that, it's this like Japanese psychologist who came up with this whole thing years ago. But um, one one potential reading of that is if the ladder is leaning against the cube, um, the person who's seeing that might feel like their people in their lives are depending too much on them. Okay. Like leaning, and, I, and my ladder is attached to my cube, so yeah, clingers, clingers. Yeah, yeah, could be, could be clingers, could be, I don't know, just like uh, very deeply interwoven with the people in your life. Um, so what's the uh, so what were they the the cube, the ladder, the horse, the horse? What's the horse? Romantic partner. Really. Yeah. Wow. Weird. <laughs> oh yeah. God. 
And you're like this fucking demon horse on the horizon. Yeah, crazy. Bringing with the black storm. hair. Bringing like, oh, the storm. Shit, wow. Yeah. Okay. All right. So I asked my mom. Storm. I asked my mom these questions, and she was funny because uh she, you know, she's been divorced two times and been single for a while. And uh, yeah, yeah. So I was like, okay, you see a horse, and she's just like, she's like, it's so far away. It's like this, like just wild free horse on the horizon is nowhere near me and i was like wow that's interesting you know weird um so okay that's the horse and then the storm was potential conflict or problems in your life uh potential crisis yeah which you know yours was like out you know away it's you know just kind of a weird but it's It's gonna be here in a couple hours yeah all right all right and then flowers were uh children how you relate to children and you can read that either as you know a whole bed of flowers desire for a whole clan of little valdez babies right right um the the sense around it was uh peaceful there be sure, flying sure, around sure. It, you know so uh, joy joy with uh parenthood and sure like that. sure i um, actually did want a bunch of kids once upon a time Let's see yeah that. i remember you saying that yeah, yeah. yeah. listen that horse and storm that freaks me out yeah i got a little freaked because <laughs> i could see the face of the horse but yet it was still far away it was like very galloping and wild and crazed too just like my savannah savanja chicks wild and crazed bringing the red cloud i think of, it's of i think it's uh useful too to think of it not as a specific person but your relationship to relationship essentially ah uh, yes, yes it's not like just that. savannah but it could also be like right. like i was thinking hillary actually just hillary like, yeah yeah bringing the red storm yeah, yeah for sure with their blue eyes crazy yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. totally camilla too all of them you yeah know. totally yeah right right it's uh wow. it's like the love story is the horse right yeah. and the tidings yeah yeah which it's interesting to think too that a lot of my storms in my life have come from that side of the prairie. Right. A lot of my peace and serenity comes from just like hanging out with Dalton and being like a dad and, you know, hanging out with my parents or whatever, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Weird. Hanging out with all the dads. So that's pretty crazy. So what's yours? So, okay, mine... I got to preface it because I did it to you or well, who I, asked you questions. I heard it on a podcast. Okay. And, and then I looked it up, whatever. And like, so I feel like mine wasn't tr- totally accurate because I knew, I knew the meanings behind them before. I right, got into right, it. right, right. But anyway, I did it with Ashley and then, and then she asked me the questions. So I don't know. It felt kind of like a little bit forced when I did it. Okay, yeah, it's natural, but for the uh cube, mine was like like a like a fucking metal box, like the black oh, box. No one's got yeah, it's just <laughs> like oh god, you know. But again, context, you know, it's like when I was feeling kind of anxious, I was my mom sure, and sure. Ashley were both in town, and I was feeling, you know, kind of like stopped trying to control me kind of pissed off you know right right so i think context matters but anyway so it was like this closed up metal box 
the horse was like this elven fucking coming out of Rivendell horse, you know? Like, nice. Like um, <laughs> the Ash that was over romanticized. But well, the, the the horror of that being your love story is is Galadriel. Yeah. Turns yeah. out to be the witch and almost kills you for the ring, you know. Oh god, yeah. <laughs> Maybe, but the horse was very, you know, it was like a white horse with like, you know, like paint on it decorative paint like you know beautiful horse which is funny that's that's the braids in the main that's the case with a lot of your relationships too other like that one like girl that had like thousands of subscribers and instagram two chains girl yeah yeah she was the two chains video (laughs) yeah she twerked in one of like two chains music videos or something (laughs) so dumb that was your unicorn that was your yeah and the storm. yeah i think these like over romanticized you know did you see a storm or was it stormy i actually don't remember i think the storm was like more on the horizon or something now when i think of it the storms it's not raining like right on top of me but it's like it's right there it's like you know when you like look out especially in new mexico like the clouds see, are already like, overhead it just has yeah yeah and it's raining. like ooh, I'm, yeah. I'm about to get caught in a storm you can okay. smell it in the air yeah yeah exactly exactly yeah. and then my flowers was i was holding one flower and it and it had the style of my drawings like if i you know drew a flower black and white you know and um yeah but i don't know i feel i feel like one day there's, there's a child in my future you know On behalf of the Jareds, thank you for listening. Like and subscribe so you never miss an episode. We will be back next week. And always remember, there is truth, and there are lies, and art always tells the truth. Even when it's lying. The gentleman will see you next time. Cheerio.